ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports, and we are reshaping the way you listen to podcasts every single day, Monday through Friday, making you a little bit smarter about Florida State sports on YouTube, on your podcast, and wherever you may listen to us. We are happy that you're here. We've got a Mailbag Monday episode for y'all today. We are going to talk about several things, and honestly, we're probably just going to start with letters and see what we get through. So I don't want to promise something I'm not going to talk about. Topics will include Renardo Green moving to corner, Azaray Thomas, Sam McCall type talk. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll, I don't know, clap back at some of the Miami fans in our comments because that was hilarious to watch y'all melt down. Um, yeah, cool. Drake, play the video. Let's roll. Mailbag Monday. Do it. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Seminoles. <laughs> Folks, like I said, today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is basically an innovative way to play daily fantasy where you're playing against single set lineups rather than a pool of players. So you have a better chance. It's a lot of fun. Go to stathero.com and check it out. If you're not on YouTube, make sure you check us out there, youtube.com and subscribe. We are at over 850, and I could not be more honored to be with my brothers, Dave, my boy Drake, as y'all keep hitting that subscribe button. So thank you for that, gentlemen. As I get the questions up, how are we doing today? How are the various, I mean, y'all are pretty much at diametric ends of the West Coast, right? With um, West Miami Coast. or West East Coast. Coast. Did I say West? I'm going to California this week. It makes me think of West Coast. Um, y'all are basically at opposite ends of the spectrum of, of I-95. I did really well, actually, 100% on my states and capitals test. And folks, let's have some questions. We are going to start with our boy, Reg. Reg is always coming in with the good questions. And he says very simply that he heard Woodson say in an interview Bernardo Green is playing cornerback and might be a dark horse for the spot. Bernardo Green played cornerback in high school, and he has been playing safety at Florida State. Gentlemen, what do you think about a potential move of Bernardo to cornerback for both him and the roster as a whole? Drake, uh, you can comment on this if you have any more firsthand knowledge, but it seems an awful lot to me. Like we're not going to see a lot of Jarvis Brownlee this year. Uh, Cornerback suddenly is a spot we need warm bodies at. Uh, there's a lot of Drake. We talked last week. There's a lot of freshmen, true freshman talent at the position, not a lot of real life experience. Um, Bernardo green's actually been a bizarrely efficient player at FSU. Like PFF graded him, uh, 73 in 2019, 66 in 2020 and 70.7 last year. Those are pretty decent numbers. That's above average overall and in our DB field. So I don't mind the move, especially if, you know, he's been looking good in practice there. I've been saying for the past two years that Renardo Green, when healthy, is your best defensive back by far. And that's the one caveat is that he oh. is primarily never, ever healthy. I mean, he was supposed to start last year over Sydney Williams. He didn't. Akeem Dent also was hurt. That's why we saw Sydney Williams like playing a lot of those snaps. Now, to me, this is more that he probably honestly was one of those DBs that potentially might have been shown the door because we did see greedy fans come in because you see younger kids coming in like an Azaria Thomas or a Sam McCall. But overall, to me, like it's, it's more that he's finally healthy. He's finally actually showing up because he has the talent. And he has the work ethic to back it up. So to me, this is more that 
you got to put your best guys out there, especially when your linebacking core yeah. is so weak. And we're going to have a lot more DBs on the field. And Ronaldo Green, to me, like I said before, is your best defensive back when healthy. And now we have a healthy Akeem Dent. So we're going to are going to push him out. Yeah. And Ronaldo Green there. No. So it's you. So it's me. Put Ronaldo Green down to corner to be basically the uh, the elder statesman of that room with an Amarin Cooper and a very young Kevin Knowles too. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I don't think the the coaching staff disagrees with you. I mean, last year he had 121 snaps across four games. I'm looking at a snap chart right now. 67 snaps against or 20 snaps. I'm sorry against Notre Dame. 67 snaps against Jacksonville State. 58 against Wake, and then 64 against Louisville. His percentage always leaned towards being in coverage, right? With 50% of those snaps in coverage um, against Notre Dame, 47 of his 67 against Jacksonville State in coverage, 32 of 58 against Wake, and 32 of 64. So the, the staff agrees with you that he's a solid defender. It's just he didn't play after the fourth game of the season last year. And um, I don't want to be a pessimist because I don't want to steal your thunder, but, you know, he's fi- finally healthy. Yeah, but he was finally healthy at the beginning of last year, too. So it's one of those things where only time will tell. And I think we have to operate with the information we have in front of us. And that is he's healthy right now. He played 40 snaps a game on average last year when he was healthy. And if he sticks out at that, yeah, he probably is going to be an asset to the team, whether it's at safety or whether it's at corner. I'm looking at his coverage right now and I'm trying to get a breakdown of his, um, his man coverage versus his, uh, his zone coverage, to be honest, not entirely sure where to find that. What I can tell you is that he primarily lined up at the free safety spot, but he did cheat into the box 51 of his 120 snaps. So he's not afraid to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't think man coverage in the safety slot is typically the same as man coverage in the corner slot either. So I'll leave that decision up to the coaches and um, I'll say he's next man. I can do both. Yeah. And that's the thing. He's been successful at Florida state, right? We can unequivocally say, like you said, when he's healthy, I mean, 121 snaps in four games last year, 123 snaps the year before 96 snaps the year before he is effective on the field. So I, I think that the coaching staff would only move him to corner if that translates. You know what I find funny about this Renato Green conversation is he's the opposite, I think, of the name syndrome thing. Like, he's not one of those guys I think of when I think of all the ridiculous blue chip DBs we have in our backfield. He's kind of more of a forgotten name who, like Drake said, could end up being one of the best DBs we have. So I just, I, I, I'm glad the coaches are not doing this by like, oh, this guy was a five star. He has to see the field or, you know, like, they're letting somebody like Renardo Green move positions uh, his fourth year in the program. That's great. If he's the best cornerback we have, good. Put him at CB1. I don't care. Put it this way. He was highly touted in high school, and Ohio State was very pushing for him highly to come over there. And Ohio State recently has had a very good track record when it comes to defensive backs, whether it be a Denzel Ward or I forgot the kid's name that went to Cleveland and also the Detroit Lions. Like To me, those are kids that, like, if Ohio State wanted him badly and we beat him out for him, that's someone that has untapped potential in my eyes. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what his other, his other offer of significance was at a high school? Um, not the top of my head. No, do you? Cincinnati. Bama. Who? Ah, no, Cincinnati. So it's, it's an odd offer sheet, right? It's Florida state, Ohio state, what? Boston college, Cincinnati. Cincinnati Duke. Cincinnati, so that's my point though. is Ohio state and Cincinnati have both in recent years since his class, right? 2019 found, uh, DBs that were not five stars. Now Ohio State also has five stars, so don't. I'm not saying they don't have any, but both of them have taken three three stars and developed them. So if those two schools at that time were seeing something in him, he's clearly a good get. And again, he played 92 snaps as a true freshman. It's not bad at all. He just he's got to stay healthy this year. So I, I'm with you, Dave. I, 
I don't think about him at all when I thought about our DB room, probably because we haven't seen him play since September of last year. But yeah. again, if he's healthy, the grades are there. I'm, I'm with it, man. And folks, before we go on to our next question, I do want to remind you about Stat Hero. It's a new take on daily fantasy. If you've been listening to the program for a while, you've heard me talk about Dr. John. Dr. John is a classmate of mine from grad school who uh, does professional fantasy football on the side of his day job. He is extremely smart, smartest person I've ever met. He is extremely good with computers, and there's no way you will ever beat him at Daily Fantasy. So we have a sponsor now that helps you get around that with Stat Hero. So I recommend you all check it out. Stat Hero lets you play against preset lineups. So you can say, hey, this is the lineup I want to play against, and I'm going to pick a lineup that goes against them. Um, and that gives you a chance of actually winning versus when you go into a pool of all the other players. Dudes like Dr. John are going to work you and take all your money. So check out stathero.com right now, and you can sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. And when you're done with that, you've probably worked up an appetite. You're probably getting a little nervous. Ow, kicked my desk to see how your lineup did. And uh, you're probably going to need something to uh, get you through the day. You don't want to eat a big meal, right? Because I assume you're setting your lineup during like a little break from work and it's not meal time. So grab a built bar, 17 grams of protein, five carbs, four grams of sugar. It is delicious. It is nutritious. And it is exactly what you need to get you through your day, through your workout, or refuel you after your day or after your workout. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get the treat that will serve you anytime that you need. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. So I, I want to talk about the, the Brownlee situation real quick because that, that last segment didn't run super long. And um, um, yeah, and I don't want to talk about what may or may not have happened, but do y'all see a bigger loss at the cornerback position or at the safety position from people having to move over to cover for him? Okay. That's a good question. Assuming he doesn't play. I mean, look, look, everything no, I, I could know, get sorted out with I'm, a young man. He yeah. could be back in uniform. You know, they start practice on Monday, could be back, but let's just, I don't, let's speculate on this front. If he, let's say he doesn't play next year. Where's the, where's he more of an impact on the roster directly, or I guess um, indirectly through that, that movement. I would country. say maybe safety because like the kids we have mentioned, they have had injury issues, right? So you're going to, if he is not on the roster, you're going to have to move one of them to corner as we're seeing right now with possibly Renardo green. Now, Renardo green, as we said earlier, does, hasn't had the best guess bill of health since he's been here. Akeem Dent as well. was not, was not super healthy for a majority of his career here. And Sidney Williams, another kid that was there, got hurt towards the end of last season and didn't play much. So if you're taking some, if you're taking like, that's probably our safety room is very solid. But if someone does get hurt, like that's, you basically have to rely on somebody else that already has that sort of right. snake bitten like, issue. So to me, it probably would be the safety position is probably more, I guess, hurt by this, uh, what happened here. No, I, I can't possibly disagree with that more. Like, Jarvis Brownlee was our number one cornerback. He was our CB1 going into next year. Like, again, I've said this before. You have eyes. You've seen him get beaten coverage. We all have. But nobody hit harder. Nobody played with more effort. And, and you know, I don't think we're still at the point where, like, effort is, like, a participation trophy here. Like, that can't be the case in year three under our belt. But Jarvis Brownlee, for better or worse, was expected to be our best cornerback next year. Um, him being out. That's where I disagree with you with Matt. I don't think he is. That's, that's I, don't, fine. I don't know about our best, but he was, he was expected to contribute. 
NBA, NBA starter, I think. Yeah, he was a start. Maybe. I think he was our star, number one corner. I, I do think that. But regardless, um, there's a lot more options, I think, to replace him. That's where I do agree with you, Drake. Like at the cornerback position, we talked last Friday. Go back and listen to that episode. Probably, I don't know, put it up there or something. Um, but there's a lot of options. There's a lot of names, but a lot of talented options at the safety position. Like, obviously, you have Jammy. Um, he has one spot locked down. God forbid an injury were to happen to him. I have no idea what that position would look like. But behind him, you have an often injured Akeem Dent. Um, ooh, what else? Sam McCall, maybe? Is he going to be a safety this year? So Sam McCall's getting burned at corner. That's kind of one of my Well, I don't know. I don't know who's left that safety behind him. That's the part I do agree with you about. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say one one more thing, too. And sorry, I'm trying to pull it up right now because I looked at it, but I want to make sure I quote the number right. Um, when you look at Jarvis Brown or Ricardo, Renardo, Renardo, when you look at Renardo Green, I can do this. When you look at Renardo Green, um, his run defense grades are average at best, and he's also 189 pounds. So um, he should be able to step up against the run at that size, but he's rocking like an average of – they do this average weird. They say they've got him at a 75 for the season, but his but in Notre Dame, he was like a 61, then 64, 70 at Wake. It's pretty good. 72 at Louisville. So not terrible, I guess. Um, but then you've got you got Jarvis Brown at run defense, right? And his average at the bottom on 844 snaps, 381 of those being run defense is a 91.4. So <laughs> oh my God. A very, very solid the, run the stopper kid on the is outside. Really damn good with doing and that. And you look at your defensive oh. line, right? You've got Fabian Lovett and you've got Coop up the middle. And I know Drake, when you were on the Locked On, uh, the Listen Up podcast representing Locked On with with Sam and um, was it Brent, Brandon? Brandon, Sam, yeah. Sam and Brandon, yeah. Um, I listened to that episode earlier today, and y'all talked about the defensive end. But the reality is, there's a lot of question marks there. So if I'm an opposing coach, I don't know. I'm probably going to try to run to the outside and test our ends more than I'm going to try to test Fabian Lovett, Robert Cooper up the middle. And we're going to need guys on the outside that can stop the run. And that's what you really lose in Jarvis Brownlee is a guy who. Yeah, he's a buck 81. He's not huge, but he's got great run stopping grades and he doesn't have amazing because we've all seen him get shook, but he has solid tackling grades. So can you replicate that on the outside? Sam McCall is a great example. How big, what is Sam McCall? 6'1", 190 ish, something like that. I believe so. I can double check real quick. But something like that. Like he's not, he's not Matt. He's not tiny is, was the point I was making. Like he yeah. physically maybe could do it, but I got to think that's probably the hardest adjustment of college, right? It's, it's one thing to cover the same and, you know, maybe the guys are faster, but you play a lot of seven ons like McCall, you're used to elite speed. You're used to elite receivers running good routes and covering them. Can you throw off a 21, 22 year old receiver who's been in a weight program for four years when he gets under your pads and is blocking you to the outside. And how are you going to do against a running back coming full tilt at you down by the line of scrimmage? So again, I'm, I'm most worried with Brownlee about that run defense replication. Um, but anyway, this isn't our mailbag. We're talking about the people's mailbag. Uh, trademark by the rock. I'm sure it is. So we'll give them the shout out there. Um, yeah, we have lots of questions, but the one I wanted to get into was the NIL question. Um, basically saying that we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Here we go. They need to change the laws in Florida or we will always be behind. Louisiana is changing their laws for the NIL so schools can directly help facilitate NIL deals for players. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a lot of opinions about the NIL stuff, but I'll let someone else kind of jump in with their opinions on the NIL Dave, stuff. Dave, you go on this one. All I'm going to say is this. The state of Florida, um, if you've paid attention to what the politicians have been saying, they've expressed concern about, oh, putting more Ferraris in the hands of 18-year-olds, as I think one of, I don't want to 
quote. It wasn't a direct quote. It was something to that effect, right? Basically, um, the, more the, as in there. How many Ferraris right. are in the are in the the hands of eighteen year old? The, right. the what you call it? The um the indoor practice facilities parking lot, which is on. But that's how they're. Way. That's how they're characterizing it. Um, and as a result, they have totally punted on no intended, on enacting any legislation to change Florida NIL laws until at least next session, next year. Uh, that's a problem because yet again, this is another year that at the inception of this whole NIL process, all the Florida schools are still going to lag behind other states that are, that are going to have a head start in this whole NIL game. And that is a massive problem. It's interesting to me that a state which purports to be like this free capitalism, free market economy kind of state, uh, that's, you know, no political views expressed here, but decided to not have an open market in terms of NIL. I just find that curious. And the fact that it didn't change is no bueno for Florida State. So, yeah, I mean, look, I talk about a lot of things on here and, and I, I love making people upset. It's, it, it does it for me in a way. Um, <laughs> right. and, and y'all can come at me about, you know, this player, that player, what do I know? Because what do I know? I'm a dude with a microphone. Um, one thing I know more than you all about, most of you, 99.9% of you is lobbying because that's what I did for a living for half a decade. Right. So um, I can I, I can make two points here. One, not passing something is not the same as rejecting something. I think it's just bad timing. You look at like what's going on right now and it's an election year. We we do our gubernatorial yeah. elections on the half right of presidential. So it's a two year. You also have Ron DeSantis is gonna run for president. It's no secret, everyone knows that. Yep. So this year was about two things, messaging bills and relaying those messaging bills to the general public, right? NIL just wasn't part of that. So it's a bummer it didn't get passed. It's a bummer it didn't get swallowed up in the, uh, in, in the larger budget bill, but I wouldn't be too pessimistic about it passing down the road. I also yeah. want to make the point of, does it really matter as much as we think it does? And, and what I mean by that is the market for NIL sponsors is small. You need to have a good amount of money, probably a lot of money. You need to have an active revenue generating business to make it worth your while, unless you just want to do it like a booster fund. And you need to know which players you need to influence. The school not being able to coordinate NIL deals doesn't really matter as much as we're acting like it does, because people that do all three of those things, they're already looking for kids to give money to. They know that they well, can do it now. And they're calling people like us. They're calling people like the people that are in the know. And they're saying, hey, which kids are y'all hearing? We might be in on, on the trail if I get something together. And the reality might be we just don't have the base out there that people like to pretend that we do, because if we had 20 million dollars worth of NIL deals waiting this would not be the long jam. And yet those people aren't lining up to give huge sums of monies to our players. Drake, yes. let me, let me throw that to you with a question. Is the difference in terms of the school being able to participate basically like the ability for a renowned fundraiser, like Michael Alford, for example, to be involved in the facilitation of NIL deals, because that's what I see yeah. as the main benefit to the extent that's possible. It just makes it a little more, What's the word? Not annoying, but it's a lot more frustrating. And you also have to, it's a lot more onus on the individual to actually go out of their way to actually conduct that sort of thing. When you actually go through the school, the school can provide you the resources to connect you with these people. It's a lot easier. Like it doesn't, it's, it's, it's more of a, it's an unnecessary obstacle in my personal opinion. And that, but to me, like I, I wouldn't look at the bill legislation as kind of being sort of what's making FSU NILs bad because I am pretty sure that we're in the same state as Miami 
we're in the same state as UCF. And that's the, and we're the same state, you know, university of Florida, they've had no issues when it comes to actually going with a collective, whether it be the Gator collective headed by Darren Heitner, UCF has mission control. Now we have Warpath. Like to me, like you need to look at actually what kids are actually probably mainly doing. This is not like, it's not an excuse to be this far behind, especially when, Hey, we started apex first, right? That was a great, great thing that came out last June. I haven't heard about that since. Oh, rising spear, rising spear came out, you know, all the boosters. That web page page was blank for two months. And I emailed the guy several times like, hey, how can I help? Because this is something I love to do and talk about. Nothing came up. Now, now we know it was finally announced. I haven't heard about it since. Warpath just got dropped with um, Dreamfield and Mackenzie Milne. Like that's something that should definitely help. But overall, the bill, it's not it's not an excuse to be basically lagging behind everyone else, too. The reality is McKenzie Milton graduated. He's not a football player anymore. He's a 23-year-old kid. What I'm saying is if he's the one in the driver's seat, you're probably not going to see it be this game-changing thing. It will generate some donations. They're trying to do a crowdfunded thing. It sounds like a decent idea, but the reality is when you fill up a jar, right, your rocks are what are going to take up the most spots, not the sand and not the pebbles. Y'all are focusing on the sand. But my point is that if the rocks wanted to be in the jar and by rocks wanting to be in the jar, I mean, if people with a lot of money wanted to fix our NIL deficiencies, they would have put themselves in there already and already done it. So we can blame a bill and it's not a good it's not good that the law is the way it is. I agree with you, Deuce. I do. Let's fix it. But we have bigger problems. We can't even get our booster fund up to fully endowing all of our scholarships right we now. Have, bro, we still have broken ground on an FOF that we've been promised for eight years. And we know that for right. a fact that's been used as like something against us for um, for recruiting. And then with the Mackenzie Milne thing, I mean, I know who he's working with, of course, in ECA too. Like that's like probably a good relationship. But I do, I think that actually you're giving a little, him a little, I guess, not enough credit for actually what he's been doing with that, especially being spearheading it with Derek King doing as well with basically help, helping push NL forward, like she probably last year. I'm sure he's doing great for NIL and I'm sure he's doing great for Mackenzie Milton, which is good. I'm happy for him. I'm saying if that's who's driving it for our school specifically, if we don't have someone with the booster connections, because he only played here for a year and someone that really understands the people that they need to be going to, to get these donations, it's not going to unlock this plethora of donations to NIL, or I guess you can call them payments because they're not donations that have been waiting to go through. That's let me, that's a good point. Let me clean that up a bit. I'm not saying he can't succeed in business. He can't be successful for student athletes. I'm saying that if he's the one driving our ship, because the guy he's working with, that's fine. I heard his interview on, on the bench sounds, sounds like he's passionate, but they're, it's a, they're in it for the business side of it. They're not really in it for the Florida state side of it. No offense. I, that's just a reality. And you're not going to get this huge splurge of NIL funds from a bunch of hundred dollar donations. It's just not what's going to happen. So again, if the rocks wanted to be in the jar, they would have put themselves in there by now. And while again, this bill should be cleaned up, it's, it's not going to unlock the floodgates. So folks, if you want to unlock the floodgates though, and you want to be making bank this spring, regardless of how much your name image or likeness may be worth, well, Maybe you should be checking out March Madness. Did you call some upsets? Did you have money line against Kentucky? You would have made bank. So be the guy or the lady that gets it for the next time around by going to betonline.net. Betonline.net, it has places you can bet. It is a place you can bet. And it's got information. It makes you a little smarter and helps you place better bets. So go to betonline.net, make an account, and use promo code LOCKED ON to place your wait to do what? Oh, yeah. And you get a, uh, a credit. So, They'll match your first deposit up to 50%. Man, that was a good one that got butchered. 
kind of like being hip to hip with the guy in coverage and then giving up a touchdown on a Randy Moss special in the back corner of the end zone. But either way, go to bet online, folks, betonline.net, make your account, use promo code locked on. So going back to the DB room, Khalil Young brings up a few things, right? Talking about Kevin from X's and Knowles, also a, a good one to watch with his uh, small plant he's got in the background there, Kevin. Yeah. We appreciate you watering small little desert plants. So you keep being you. Um, he's seen practice and is high on Thomas and admitted McCall is slightly better in coverage, whereas Thomas is just a little green and relies a lot on his length, which allows him to get beat off the line by quicker, smaller wide receivers like Rhodes and Ramsey. But eventually he saves himself with his length and speed. I think putting them at corner allows them to have the highest ceiling given their skill set. So I agree with the move. Yeah, I, I appreciate the insight there. So I kind of want to take that and just like go off on a, you know, kind of fork off of that comment and just talk about our two freshmen that we're hearing are impressing a lot in spring practice at a position we've identified, you know, we need guys to step up and Sam McCall, Azure Thomas. I feel like McCall was more highly heralded. I feel like Thomas has been kind of a surprise. I mean, I like to think I know a decent bit about recruiting and I didn't really expect to hear what we're hearing about him. Um, who do y'all expect a better freshman campaign from? Thomas or McCall? Dave knows my answer, so I want Dave to go first with this one. Yeah, I, me and Drake have gone back and forth on this several times. I, I got to think it's Sam McCall. Like, he's a top 50 overall player composite nationally. Like, I, the last, I hate that this is the last time that that happened, but it was Demory Tate, who, you know, also this year could be another good DB for us. But Sam McCall just, I mean, looking at his high school tape, like a lot of people lumped him in as, oh, Travis Hunter has been doing all this recruiting and has kept Sam McCall on board. Like that's tight. Like it, it wasn't just about Travis Hunter. Sam McCall in his own right is the best DB we got in this class and was one of the best DBs nationally. We are lucky to have him go back and look at his high school tape. That dude is explosive. That dude can contribute. I think day one, I know what you're going to say about what you've seen in practice or what you've heard about, you know, what they've looked like in practice. I got to think when the lights come on and this season starts, Sam McCall is going to be contributing day one against Duke DeQuesney. Duke DeQuesney. Duke, Duke, Duke DeQuesney. David DeQuesney. But no, it's Azaria Thomas, and that's for damn sure. I am in the belief that when it's all said and done and both their FSU careers are over, Azaria Thomas is going to be the better of the two. And I primarily think it's that long, lanky frame that he he like he's not Jalen. I'm not saying that right now. So please don't say that in the comments. That did come out of my mouth. That did not come out. You out said mouth. it. Drake said he said he's like Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah, I know. Red Pill stepdad is going to clip that and you put that on on Twitter again. But no, like yes. me, like he actually does that very very well. He's not a blazer speed, but he knows how to utilize his body to slow down people that are much faster than him. Something that we did see in a Jalen Ramsey, and you saw that a lot in the Super Bowl again with the Rams and the Bengals too, when he was matched up towards Mar Chase. And this is someone that. Quite frankly, I don't think either starts the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zaire Thomas is actually the one starting first because in practice, he's he's so far been one of the best defensive backs. And when you hear that coming out coming out of camp, especially when it's a freshman, that's that's all the hype I need. He's a top former top 100 kid. I think he was a former top five athlete per recruiting rankings. Like this is a kid that people forgot about him in recruiting on signing day because of Travis Hunter. And if y'all watch the commitment ceremony, this is a kid that definitely has gone through a lot to get where he is now. And that's a dangerous person to see actually bet against. So I'm not betting against him. I'm taking his area, Thomas. Hey, Dr Max, by the way, before you add to this, McCall ran an 11.10 in the hundred meter and a 22.69 in the 200 meter 
in high school. And that was as a junior and a sophomore. He ran, that what, dude's wait, wait, fast. That's really, he ran an, ele- an 11.1 second 100 meter dash as a junior and a 12.69 second 200 meter as a sophomore in high school. Point is, uh, there, there's a lot of pedigree on both sides. Sam McCall, five-star kid coming in. I, I think that's an awesome point about it was sort of assumed that Travis Hunter was why he was coming in. Like, I mean, as soon as we heard Travis Hunter might not be coming, we're like, did Sam McCall sign that? Like, he signed that letter, <laughs> right. right? Like, like when can Everyone he transfer? Everyone thought they were going to transfer out. Um, <laughs> we, thought, we thought we were going to see the first ever transfer before they stepped foot on campus type Ooh. deal. Um, and we haven't seen that, right? We've seen a kid show up, buy in, get to practice and work hard. I think, I don't know. It's just, it's just odd that, Thomas was so under the radar. I take the point about Travis Hunter, but Thomas was a wide receiver for the most part in high school. And I think he was pitched to us as like a high four-star, but an athlete. It was like, yeah, he could play wide receiver, could play DB. And now it sounds like we got a primmed and polished blue chip DB playing back there. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a nice surprise. So um, I think, let me ask this. Are we, when we say day one contributor, Dave, I know you said the David Duquesnes, but like, are we, is that day one or is that what we like to do? Is that day zero? Like, do you, what I'm saying is like, I feel like you got to play against LSU to be counted as like a day one. Like, Duquesne is. Sam, Sam McCall will see the field against LSU for sure. I think, I think that's right. I think both of them do. And um, I, think both I think they flash in different ways. I think Sam McCall is probably going to do some stuff that's going to make you go, that's, that's a nice player across a selection of plays, right? Meaning he was out there for six plays. He had a good six plays. I think from what I'm hearing and what I've seen on video, Azaria is maybe not going to be a solid, like in a six play bulk, but he's going to do some stuff that makes you go, Whoa, where did that kid come from? Um, he just has that, just kind of that freaky twitch, but he seems less consistent. So I think they both could have good years though. In fact, I'd go as far as to say, I think we need them both to have good years. I don't think our room's deep enough where we can have a five-star and a high four-star not performing in our DB room. Yeah, what else is known? Join the club. <laughs> and folks, if you want to join the club, make sure that wherever you're listening, you subscribe, make sure that you follow, and make sure you come back tomorrow and the day after, and the day after, and the day after that, and the one after that, Monday through Friday, we are locked on Seminoles. We bring it to you five days a week. That was Drake. That was Dave. I'm Max. This was Locked on Seminoles, and we will see y'all tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Go Noles.